<laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, today we're coming at you with an episode about Waverly Hills. So Waverly, Waverly Hills Sanatorium, if you don't know, was a huge tuberculosis clinic in the early 1900s, pretty much through the 60s. And then uh, it became a geriatric center slash mental health facility, which... I found it hard to kind of find information about that. So just uh, hang out and we're going to talk about the whole story. All right. So. Today we're here to talk about Waverly Hills. It's the uh, perfect time of year for it. Everyone's uh, enjoying the fall weather, the the spooky scenery here in Louisville. So why not talk about Waverly Hills, right? It's uh, right in the south end of Louisville. So, um, so Waverly Hills originally opened up in the early 1900s due to the outbreak of tuberculosis, also called the White Plague. And the there was actually a board formed in Louisville, Kentucky, that uh, decided to open up a new hospital slash sanatorium, which a sanatorium is really just a specialized hospital for anything back in the day. That's, they just called it a sanatorium. And it was constructed in 1910 to accommodate 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. Um, I think it officially opened in like 1912. But man, <laughs> originally set up to accommodate 40 to 50, like there ended up being hundreds there. Can you imagine like how fast that grew and changed? Well, and that's why they had to create the uh, the death shoots, right? Is because it it was only Eventually. prepared for. Yeah, it, yeah, they they did. They actually made a movie. <laughs> there was a, uh, you know, one of those, uh, I guess, B rated horror movies, <laughs> but it was called a Death Tunnel. But they actually made that movie, and it's supposed to be based on this. Some people have tried to say that, like, there have been some episodes about like American horror from American horror stories or whatever about it, but it's definitely a place with some history. Um, but the reason it ended up so prominent here is because Louisville suffered a huge outbreak from tuberculosis. And a lot of historians speculate it's because of being in a Valley, not a lot of air movement, you know, a huge trade port, a lot of, you know, day-to-day interaction with people, a lot of chance for spread, and uh, with no air movement, you know, uh, germs just spread. <laughs> we definitely deal sense. with seasonal allergies here in the valley, so anybody from here knows it. Right, if you have allergies, you know, the doctor just tells you to move. <laughs> like it's <laughs> pretty, much. pretty bad here. And so we we had the huge outbreak, and the first major expansion was to actually accommodate more adults and children. I think it added like another 50 beds or so. Um, But the 
the second expansion began in 1924. So if you think about that, that's 14 years later. That's 14 years that the whole outbreak has been going on that people are dealing with. That that's a long time. You know that that's a childhood. That's I mean, I guess back then that's almost an adulthood. <laughs> like that that's wild. Um. And so by 1924, they decided to build a facility that could hold more than 400 patients. And so they really expanded it, decided to open it up and uh, make sure that they could actually hold the capacity that was needed. Um, And another thing about a sanatorium back then is the idea of like environment as healing was still a big thing then and so they they chose it because not only was it away from people and therefore people were less likely to contract tuberculosis but they they got there and they said well it's tranquil you know that's it's in the hills it's away from everything so you can walk it you can go place you can walk around and do things and experience fresh air so that was a big idea of sanatoriums too. That was a still a big thing as far as healing then. And so with the expansion also came pretty much a fully established community. At one point they had a full laundry facility, a maintenance garage, a butchery and hundreds of acres of farmland. And they kind of, anyone who had tuberculosis since there was no cure, I guess if they could, they helped. And then they had, they had staff that, helped and uh produced food for the the patients and the majority of the staff not all of them but a lot of the staff stayed there right because they didn't want to they chose to kind of live there because they didn't want to spread it yeah and just became very self-sustaining so that they didn't have to depend you know and have that interaction you know uh prevent that spread definitely yeah and that was the that was the whole idea and it was actually pretty much partially funded by the the city of Louisville state of Kentucky and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, that's exactly why they did what they did. And that's just, it's wild. I mean, you actually had family there, right? During that time, the, you know, experiencing yes, my, the tuberculosis thing. Yes. My grandpa was there when it was a Turkey, uh, when it was the TB clinic and, he made it out though. He was lucky. He was there, uh, you know, whenever they found the, uh, I'm pretty sure whenever they found the antibiotics and stuff to where, you know, he made it out, which a lot of people didn't. I mean, a lot of people, I th- did, uh, what was it? Was it 80% of the people that went there died? It, it, it was a lot until the antibiotics came out. It was a lot. But when, I mean, once the antibiotics came out in 1943, the, the streptomycin. So I guess that's about when he probably got it. Um, it, it was uh, it, it, once that came out, it was so effective that most TB cases became outpatient, and so they were just kind of battling the existing ones because it, it it was a vaccine, right? It it prevented, it didn't necessarily like cure, I guess, if it was so far along. So, um, you know, Waverly Hills was still open for about another 20 years till 61 but yeah they stayed self-contained and they definitely experienced a lot there was definitely a lot of 
a lot of death. And Louisville was like, I think, I don't want to say the number one without looking it up, but we were one of the highest outbreaks of TB in the country. And that's, that's pretty wild, you know, um, especially for, we've talked about it before, you know, where we've always been a city on kind of the forefront of medical discovery too. So for us, you know, we had the highest outbreaks, I guess maybe it was a good thing. Like maybe it helped and maybe it would have been a lot worse if it was somewhere else, but it's just kind of crazy to think that it opened in 1910 for TB and then didn't close until 1961. Unless you live through it, I guess you don't really understand the impact that TB had for what, 30 years, you know, 40 years. But also, I was going to say the antibiotic came out in 43. So that's 33 years or so. Like, and that's after the, the hospital was built, you know, that's, that's a long time. (laughs) It it says a lot about, uh, it it is, it says a lot about the, you know, the scientific, you know, advancement, you know, between then and then how it went from, um, you know, just sustaining it and making sure that people was comfortable to where, you know, the, they didn't even need a clinic anymore. You know, there wasn't enough patients from my understanding at that point. it it had uh, improved so much that they just you know kind of sent them to other other clinics that could take care of them at that point. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. Once the uh, antibiotic came out, they were pretty much just kind of keeping people away so that they just didn't get worse. But then in 1962, um, so it closed in 1961 for the TB sanatorium, but then in 1962, the building was reopened as Woodhaven Geriatric Center. And so they, it was a nursing home specializing in dementia and mobility limits and also treated severely mental ill patients. So definitely, you know, <laughs> plays into the whole history of you know, its own community, I guess, almost like its own. It, it was supposed to be a, a haven in isolation, I guess. <laughs> so That's a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I guess that definitely probably plays into a lot of the haunted nature of it now. Or at least people probably use it to play into a lot of a lot of the haunted nature of it now. You know, it was TB clinic with the death shoots, the tunnels, and all that, and then goes into a uh, a psychiatric center pretty much after that. Um, but then then that lasted until like eighty two, and then in eighty three, a developer bought the hospital. And they were going to build a prison, actually. That was their idea, was to build a, a minimum security prison. And, like, the surrounding area opposed it, which, I mean, rightfully so. You're right in the middle of a huge community. Like, So wait, they were like, a TB clinic's cool, but <laughs> not a prison. Unless they have TB. <laughs> well, yeah. If if a TB patient escapes, it's a little different than a prisoner escape. I mean, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So the community definitely said no from that, and then he tried to make it into apartments, and that fell through. 
And after that, in 96, there was a uh, developer who bought the property with the intentions of building the world's tallest Jesus statue, uh, along with an arts and worship center. Uh, He was playing off inspiration from Rio de Janeiro, the, the statue of Christ there. And so they had plans, and it was going to be like $4 million just to construct the statue. And then for the whole art center, it was going to be like another $8 million. And uh, <laughs> they they raised $3,000 in a year. So those plans fell through, too, apparently. Some people actually bought it in 2001 and have since been like trying to build funds and, you know, using it as a haunted house, giving the haunted tours, everything that we know it is today and using that to try to restore it. So they actually host events in the laundry room, which has been restored. And then they're trying to restore like the, all the floors, but starting with the first floor, the main floor. Um, but they still do tours all year long. You got the haunted house, of course, right now going on because it's October, which, uh, you know, it has its own theme. It has its own scary factor going on. But going into, you know, the rest of the year, they have like uh, a historical tour, a haunted tour. And then they actually have like public investigation, private investigation, like times that you can set up so and randomly they've had like concerts every now and then they'll have a concert there i know lemma god has played there every now and then they'll have like a big heavy metal band i mean it's I think it's been years. a long time i know that like they had uh sounds of the underground or well i don't want to say yeah. it's been a long time since they had music but i know that i read that sounds of the underground was like they they hosted the last sounds of the underground uh show that played um, back in like 2007, it was awesome. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they they. I don't know if they still do as much of that, but they they definitely did. And I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't. But they're trying to rebuild it and uh, memorialize it, keep it as a historical site. So uh, hopefully, one day we can, maybe one day soon, we can go and. Uh, check out the the historical tour and maybe the haunted tour you know whatever um not as much as interested in the haunted house i'd rather just experience the whole place but yeah so go yeah let's go it's definitely one of those places here in kentucky that we should definitely go to and you can't live in louisville or kentucky and talk about october without talking about it so um, definitely a lot of history and uh, a lot of haunted history. So maybe we can get some people who have investigated it to uh, talk to us too. We'll have to see if we can make that happen. But Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let them share their stories, you know, see what they saw when they went there. Yeah, people who actually spent like hours there, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting. So we'll have to try to see what they see what they say if they want to share. But uh, that's all that I have. Do you have anything else you want to mention about it? No, that's it. I'm- Actually, <laughs> sorry. I have one final thing. 
I had a, a high school teacher, my biology teacher, who claimed he broke into the place uh, when he was a teenager, and it was shut down at the time. He said he broke in with a katana and decided to explore the place with a katana. So, <laughs> Mr. Budniak. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know if... If I was going to... So many questions. So many questions. <laughs> exactly. If I was going to break into a place full of ghosts and spirits, I don't know if I'd take a katana, but that was his weapon of choice, so... <laughs> Be stabbing ghosts like those. <laughs> oh, I guess... Uh, I guess with that, we're out. Uh, that's all that I got, so... <laughs> Quick, short, sweet episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>